believers. You know, uh, I get up every morning and just thank God that I, he's given me another day. You know, again, uh, I don't feel like I'm old, but again, as many years that I have lived, I just feel like, God, you just keep blessing me and giving me another day. And I believe there's many more days, and I believe the best is yet to come. I believe the rest of our life is going to be the best of our life. Amen. And so we want to welcome you that's joining us now by the internet. And um, we're, we're grateful that you're here and that you're watching. And we just pray that people all over the world will get touched by the Lord today. How many of you want a touch of the Lord? Amen. You know, years ago we used to sing an old song, reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by. So... Uh, I don't know that we have to reach out, and I don't know if that song was exactly accurate in words or not, but again, he's always there. I don't think he's just going by. He's always there, so let's just reach out and touch him because he's inside us, and so let him love us, and and, and uh, wasn't a comment again, that beautiful song this morning, God does love us. Amen. Come on, look at your neighbor and smile big and say, you look good this morning. Wow, wow. Well, we had our past. Yeah, yeah, y'all were just going at it. That's okay. Yeah, just forget I'm up here. Y'all just keep on. That's good. No, that's good. That's good. I, I like to see you fellowship and be happy and smile at one another. Anyway, this past Thursday, we had our first bodybuilders. Pastor Al uh, Rowan led us in that and laid out the guidelines. And so the next one will be uh, May 2nd at Pastor Al and uh, Pastor Jan and Al's house. And uh, we're looking forward to our body increasing and growing. Our bodybuilders ministry is fellowship, it's teaching, it's ministry, it's prayer, and it's furthering what we do right here and even uh, questions and answers about the messages, you know, that is taught on Sunday morning. Anyway, I'm excited about every time we come together. And again, we keep Easter in mind when uh, Miss Clowers will be speaking that Sunday morning and you're preaching on healing in the house. Is that right? And so... Uh, I, I like to hear messages about healing. I like God's Word always being first in our life. Do you like God's Word being first in your life? Amen. Amen. Well, I'll tell you, when we put God first in our life, then everything else just seems to fall in place. Doesn't mean we, we live a life without problems. Then, you know, when you get saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit, and by the way, we do believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. So just because you may not hear me speak in tongues very much, I know there's a time and a place to do that. We believe in the baptism in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And one of the ladies, I don't see her here this morning that was at Bodybuilders, she said, I heard you teaching on the baptism of the Holy Ghost here in Dallas at Joyce Myers' meeting. 
And uh, she said, when I was looking for a church, I started looking for you because I remember you teaching uh, on that. And I brought some ladies with me and they got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And she said, I got on the Internet and couldn't find you. But finally, one day, uh, it all worked out. So she's been with us now several years. Um, She's not here this morning. Maybe she's got something uh, big to do. But anyway, we're just grateful for Everybody that's a part of Experience Life Church, whether it's here locally or whether it's in places of the world where we can't go to, but we can be there. You know, one of my greatest experiences in life was when we were in the Philippines. uh, I've been to the Philippines 26 times, but one of my greatest experiences there was um, my son had set it up and we had sent scouts into uh, different villages. They don't call them that. I forgot what they call them now. But anyway, uh, we took two helicopters and we went into places where no Caucasian had ever been and uh, with the gospel and we landed our helicopters there. We went into a number of those throughout the day. And I'll tell you, one of my greatest experiences was preaching Jesus to these people. And everyone on those little islands received Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. The whole thing, village come out because there wasn't but 100 or 150 of them there. And of course, they had no running water, no electricity or anything like that. And that hadn't been that long ago that we did that. And, uh, you know, I just look back at that and the tribal chief in one of the areas, you know, where we went to, God just did a miracle for him and his wife. And long story, uh, you know, we bought them a boat because they had no means of uh, getting out. We bought them a big boat. And I, I just said, you know, you got to fish with this boat and you got to uh, make yourself some money and bring fish in. And then um, he got the idea. And, of course, you know, his, his baby had just died hours before I got there, and I didn't know that. If I'd have thought no one was going to be talking about this, I'd have them have the video ready to show you. And uh, anyway, I ministered to him, and the little baby, if it had just had a way to get to a doctor, um, it would have still been with us here today. But anyway, uh, now they took my advice, and that little island is growing and God is just blessing them. My son went back in there several times and preached and we got him a little church going there now. And uh, now they got several boats uh, that they purchased on their own because the fishing business got good and they're prospering. See, that's what ministry is all about. And they're serving the Lord. Can you say amen? Amen. Well, today um, I'm going to continue and this will be, um, I think this is number four. Uh, of my message, and I'm going to be talking today about learning to live a life of love. Learning to live a life of love. So would everybody stand with me? I like to read the same scriptures over and over again uh, when I'm in a series, and when I say over and over again, I like to read the one that I'm taking the the whole text of my my series from, and, of course, this is in First John 4 through 11. But before I do that, let me just preface and say that, you know, every time that I speak and minister, I, I, I want people to know that it's not because it's Sunday morning or Tuesday night or I'm in some church or some big conference somewhere. 
But every, every bit of the, the, the reason, the purpose is to communicate Jesus to you. You know, try to connect. Because if I can connect, I can communicate. If I can communicate, I can inspire. If I can communicate, I can encourage. If I can communicate, I can uh, add value. If I can communicate, I can impart. And I'm talking about the Word of God so that you can take God's Word from which we're teaching and the rest of your life then becomes the best of your life. Everybody say, I want the rest of my life to be the best of my life. Now, for that to happen, you need the Word of God. You need a pastor. You need a church. You need to be in church regular. You need to be in church often. You need to read the Bible. You need to have friends and, and, and loved ones where you can encourage one another. And, and just before I read my scripture, you know, I heard a story once uh, about a guy who was getting ready to propose to his girlfriend. And he had, he had the ring, you know, in one hand, and then he was holding her other hand with his other hand and uh, um, you know it, it was at night time and the moon was shining just right and he said sweetheart will you marry me and he said I don't have a car like Johnny Green I don't have a yacht like him I don't have a house his size and I don't have the money Johnny Green uh, has but I want you to know that I love you with all my heart well she looked at him and in his eyes and said, well, I want you to know I love you too, sweetheart. But could you tell me a little more about Johnny Green? <laughs> so sometimes what people think is love or they call love uh, is all emotion because there may be something a little more attractive than what you have. So it's not about attraction. You know, attraction is, uh, is good, but it's not about attraction and it's not about uh, exactly what you look like. It's about understanding what love is all about. And you know, last week as I was closing, I was talking about uh, the bottle of ketchup, the 57, they hardly make the, 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 the glass one anymore, but it has 57 on both sides of the bottle, and only 11% of people know how to get the ketchup out. They don't know to tap on the 57, and the, and the ketchup will come out. And so I think that's the way it is with Christians. Many of them don't know how to tap in to God's love that's on the inside of them, because on that bottle, if you just tap that 57, uh, that those two places on there, they, the uh, founders put that in there, and you just tap on that, and that ketchup just keep. You can shake it. You can do everything in the world try to get it out. And so many times, people that's the way they are with love. They're just confused when it comes to love because they got so many crazy emotions and so many crazy things happened in their life. They don't really know what love is all about. But I'll tell you, we're going to tap into it and a lot of people are finding out and I believe by the time this series is over a lot of uh, people are uh, doing I believe a lot of people are going to grow and increase can you say amen? amen well give Jesus a hand clap of praise and then I'm going to read the scripture Beloved, this is 1 John 4, 7 through 11. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Now notice that everyone who is born of God, lo who loves, 
Well, let me read it again. Let us love one another. Now, that's very important that we understand that. Let us love one another for love uh, is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And he who does not love does not know God. Boy, that's a powerful statement. For God is love. And in this love of God was manifested towards us that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might through him that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation or the sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, boy, this is powerful. We ought to love one another. Now, Father, as I minister this morning your word, let me communicate, let me connect, let me help every person that's a part of this service today. Let your anointing flow upon me and through me. Let the ears of the people be open and the hearts be open to receive. Let your anointing come. Let me speak life in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. Now, you may be seated if you can. Now, let me just kind of go back there a little bit. Verse 8 is a very powerful scripture, and it says, He who does not um, know, he who does not love does not know God. So, boy, this is, a, this is something to really think about. People that doesn't love, the Bible is saying, they don't know God. So, love come God is love love is God so it's really important for us to understand that and verse 11 says if God so loved us we ought to love one another now in my first uh, message that I preached here I illustrated how that God's love was poured into our hearts at the new birth when you're born again and uh, God does that through the Holy Spirit and, and he, he gave us his love. But, you know, just because you got that love on the inside of you, if you don't know how to deal with your emotions and your mind, then you're not going to allow that love to come out of you and flow through you and act like God would want you to act. You know, we see so many other actions growing up of anger and tempers and, and jealousy and strife and people cheat on one another and all kinds of things going on and then dysfunction. So many times when we see all of that and then we come to Christ, uh, we, we came to Christ and we had the change, but we didn't have the change in the mind and, and we don't know what to do. And many people never get enough word of God on the inside of them to learn how to change their ways. You know, you're, you're born again immediately, but your ways takes time to change in agreement with what God's word says. Now, I, I say this, that I, it really, when you come to Christ and you begin to seek Him, you really have to have a revelation 
that God loves you unconditionally. No matter what you might have done or what you're doing, God still loves you. Now, that doesn't mean that you're all right with God just because He loves you. That doesn't mean you have some steps that you need to take and some decisions you need to make. But God loves you regardless. And I think that's important to understand. Now, Matthew 22:37 through 39 said, You shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Now he said this is the first and great commandment and the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. See the first thing Jesus said, you shall love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Boy that's, that's something to think about. When you get up in the morning, what do you do first? Usually, you know, you know, I, I, I said last week, I heard Jensen Franklin, and I'm just, this bears repeating. He said some people, first thing they do is brush their teeth, and then they sharpen their tongue to, to attack you. But, uh, you know, the first thing I do when I get up in the morning is give God praise. Uh, the first thing that I do, I say, thank you, Jesus, for another day. My mind automatically uh, just goes to wanting to thank God that he loves me enough to give me another day. Not just to enjoy everything around me, but to give love away and to be helpful to somebody. And that's what I pray. Lord, let me be a help to somebody. Let me encourage somebody. Then he said, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, if you don't know God's love, and, and you don't love God, you can't keep this commandment because you don't love God and yourself, and how can you love someone else? You can't love someone else if you don't love God, and, and, and you know, you can't love yourself if you don't love God, and you can't love others if you don't love yourself. Amen. Is anybody here today? So why are people so angry today? Why are people so angry today? I'll tell you why. Because they don't know or have the revelation of God's love inside them. And, and when you don't love yourself, uh, you could be inferior. You could be insecure. There is anger there when you don't love yourself. Uh, constant self-doubt, comparing yourself constantly with someone else, feeling that you're not good enough, and then sometimes because you are inferior and because you are comparing when you are around others, you try to take a superior role and act superior when you're really inferior. You don't have to do all of those things when you know the love of God. You don't have to put on a mask. You don't have to be inferior. You don't have to be insecure. Sure, we've all been, most, most all people have been through places and times of insecurity. And, and I remember in my early days when doors begin to open and I begin to speak in the bigger places and larger uh, congregations, you know, I'd be a little nervous and insecure, especially from some of the men of God that was much older and had much experience. It took me a few minutes to get over the intimidation. But you know what? I finally got to the place that I said, God, you call me. I may not be able to speak or articulate 
like someone else, but I'm just going to be who I am, and I'm going to do what you called me to do. And I got rid of that intimidation and that insecurity because of God's love. Perfect love cast out fear. And so, you know, if you find yourself in situations... If you find yourself in situations of being insecure, you know there's a lack of love in your, your heart because God doesn't want you insecure and inferior and he doesn't want you to be cocky either. You know, walking in your righteousness doesn't mean that that makes you a cocky person, but it makes you a confident person. So there's a lot of difference between confidence and being cocky. I know a lot of people that they are just cocky. They're not confident. And that cockiness is trying to overcome the insecurities. Anyway, that didn't cost you anything. I just threw that little thing in there. I thought maybe you might like to hear that. Anyway, the more anger you carry in your heart towards the past, the less capable you are of loving in the present. See, the memories of what's happened that's hurt you and made you angry, the more you dwell on that, the less in the present you're able to see clearly and to live the life God has uh, told you to do uh, or laid out for you to do. See, when you're angry, you're at your weakest. Some people think you're at your strongest. No, you got emotion, and that emotion sometimes makes you do unkind things, ungodly things. So just remember, when you're really angry and you're acting out of anger, you're at your weakest, you're not at your strongest. And anger, most of the time, is the result of hurt, fear, frustration, um, offense, or lack of trust. But think about this. When you think and believe you're damaged goods, you'll have uh, no lasting relationships. You'll push people away who love you because you see yourself as no good and you reject them in fear they're going to reject you. And the most important uh, relationship that you will ever have is with God and with yourself and only then can you love others. So just remember, your, your greatest relationship, some people said, well, I love God and I don't love people. I love to, I'll be with God and I don't love the people. No, 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 you still don't have it because if you love God, you're going to love people. Now, they may be a bunch of people you don't like. <laughs> and they may be a bunch of people, you know, out there that's just, you know, they're just hard to love. But again, you can find ways of loving through God's love. And that doesn't mean they have to be your best buddy. Amen? Yeah. See, some people get confused and they think, well, I don't want to be friends with them. Well, the Bible doesn't tell us that we have to be friends with them. It just says we have to love them. And uh, there is a difference, you know. And, and when I talk about love, 
you know, it's a, it's a learning process, and that's the title today, Learning to Live a Life of Love. And I'm still, in that pre- I'm still in that process. I've been born again over 60 years. I've been in the ministry over 60 years now, and I'm still in the process of learning to love. Somebody said, well, when are you going to get it? Uh, probably when I get to heaven. You know, I'm working on it, and I'm getting better. I hope I'm getting better. You know, I, I, I feel like I'm getting better. And I look at my life and I, I, I ask God, you know, help me to be better every day in handling uh, conflict or handling issues that are, that are not pleasant and people that's not pleasant. Help me to keep myself the way I'm supposed to be. You know, one of the things that I encourage people to do is pray and surrender yourself of pride because you know when you don't when, when when things are not right many times pride gets in the way you know when you're insecure many times pride is a big deal it's a big deal and I remember one time years ago we were in California and we were sitting in a restaurant with Dave and Joyce Meyer and Joyce Meyer was trying to help me with something I said no 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 I don't need that blah 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 just kept on going and refusing she said Don what's the matter with you you're just full of pride well I didn't want her to know that I needed what she was offering So you see, there's a lot of people in the world today that are so full of pride, I don't need your help. Well, we need help every day. Well, I looked up at Joyce for a minute or two, you know, and I'm thinking, well, you know, but I said, you know, you're exactly right. I've let pride get in, but you know what? I let God heal me of that pride. Amen? So, let me just say, you don't have to have, I, I said it once, but let me say it again. You don't have to put on acts when you're walking in love. You don't have to impress anybody. You don't have to act superior. All you have to do is, is if you're weak in an area, just admit it. You know, that's one thing, that's one thing I, 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 I'm, I really want to do and have, we've tried to do. We've not tried to hinder our struggles that we've had. Because I believe if, if you see and we talk about our struggles that we have had and how we have walked through them or tried to and maybe didn't do the best, I think if you see that we're honest and that we're just like you are and we're no different and we have to take the Word of God to get through, I think that will give you, um, I think that'll give you a more respect for us, you know, I mean, I, I understand if we have things that we're working through, we don't necessarily always need to tell. I'm, and I'm talking to you about this too. You don't need to go around broadcasting it. But I'm, I'm talking about when there's times when things happen, I think you need to be honest with the congregation. The pastor needs to be and let the people know, hey, we're hurting too and we need you to pray for us during this time. And I think if we'll do that, God will help. And so I hope you will hear me today. And, and if, you, if you are struggling with loving yourself, ask God to help you get free from the feelings of unworthiness and start thinking right. Because thinking right every day is so important. Thinking the right thoughts. You know, uh, uh, 
I, I just don't like to criticize people. I just don't like to say, you know, when something's brought up and I'm there, I like to, ch I like to change the conversation to get it in a positive realm, not in a negative way. I like to I like to say something that will bring help to people, not further damage what's going on. You know, let me ask you this. How much of your life have you wasted by being angry and bitter at someone? How much of your life, you know, people get angry and they get bitter and they say, I'll never forgive them. And they're in the grave and then they say, I still will never forgive them even though they're in the grave. Well, that person from the grave is still controlling them. Even though they have no life in them because they won't turn loose of the bitterness and the anger. And so every moment you use being angry and bitter is one that you won't ever get back. So why be angry about things you can't do anything about? Let go of whatever it is. Somebody said, well, that's easy for you to say, Pastor. You're not the one that it happened to. Well, I'll agree. I didn't have your situation, but neither did you have mine. So what we have to realize, Jesus went to the cross and he took our situations, whatever they are. And so if we will all go to Jesus instead of looking at ourselves and say, uh, look at me how I hurt. I'm not saying that that's what we do and that's not what I said a minute ago about a pastor. I just said I think the pastor needs to be honest with his congregation. We struggle sometimes too. Our children uh, went uh, away from Christ too. Uh, we had some things to happen too. We've had some relationships that didn't turn out the way we hoped they would. But you know what? We just keep loving. I can't say that I knew how to do it as good as I do it now. And I'm not saying I'm perfect at it now. I just say I have learned as I've grown to be better. See, even though at the new birth God gives us a, uh, his love, it's a learning process to know how to love with his love. You have to learn how to love supernaturally. Oh, thank you for all of those amens right there. You just really about almost knocked me over. But seriously, that's, see, God's love is supernatural. Our human love or our emotional love is not. It's conditional. Uh, many people love conditionally, but God loves uh, us unconditionally, and he loves us no matter what we have done or what we are doing. Now I've mentioned uh, several times that we've all been hurt since we've become Christians. And some people build walls when they get uh, hurt. And when they build those walls, the reason they do, they're afraid they're going to get hurt again and they don't want anybody to get too close. And so therefore, when you build walls around you, you don't get to enjoy life and other people the way you could. You say, well, I don't want to be hurt again. None of us wants to be hurt again. But again, when you learn how to love, you learn how not to take every offense inside and you learn how not to get hurt so easy. And so, uh, they fear their their um, 
that you know they're fearing uh, to to love and trust again, and and so what they do, they build their heart, uh, they build the walls, and they keep a distance from people all the time. Well, the Bible said, guard your heart. He didn't say he didn't say build a wall around your heart. He said just guard it with the word of God, because in Proverbs four twenty three it says, above above all else, guard your affections. For they influence everything else in your life. So guarding and building a wall is two different things. You, you're, you're, you're letting your heart be guarded by putting the word of God. Say, what does the Bible say? Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So the devil's going to come. The devil's going to come. People let themselves get hurt in church and they get offended and quit going to church and quit serving God. You know, that, 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 that's sad. I know people right now that used to come to our church that got offended at somebody here. Not me, but got offended at, at, at somebody here. I had nothing to do with it. But they quit church. And, and then they are not serving God, not tithing. I mean, I could go on and on. I got a niece. I got a niece. She's, uh, and my, my great niece, she went to Southwestern uh, a Bible school down here just out of Waxahachie. And spent two years there in Bible school or three. I don't remember which. A beautiful young woman and she was going learning how to be a youth pastor uh, getting her education her formal education and learning how to be a youth pastor well in the church they were in the preacher did something they didn't approve of and so they quit church and then they quit God and my, my niece and great niece and, and the husband and all the kids was all in church and they just prayed they went to prayer meeting they went to church every time the door was open but because but because um, um, because I was uh, they they got hurt they just give up God and uh, uh, pretty much just turned away from the family folks that's what the devil wants that's what the devil wants he wants to separate the body of Christ he wants to separate us well I'm not saying that the pastor was right or wrong I don't even know I don't even know the whole circumstances but what I'm saying is don't quit God God never hurt him is anybody here see if you go to a church and uh, and and uh, if you if you got hurt in church by someone in the church, remember God never hurt you. So don't run from God; run to God. Yes. Is anybody here? Yes. Now, less and less, as I said, I have learned more and more. I've learned to not get hurt less and less because I've realized getting hurt only takes me away from the presence of God if I stay in that. I've been hurt many times, offended many times in life, but I'm really doing my best to love and to love without hurt and offense. I'm doing my best. Everybody say, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. See, if you do your best, then that's when the Holy Spirit will come in and He'll help you love supernaturally. He'll help you get out of your emotion. You know, I already know how to love people who love me. I don't have a problem with that. I know how to love people who love me. However, it's been a learning process to know how to love someone that has hurt 
or betrayed or rejected or offended me. And I'm sure all of us in the room and the people that's watching somewhere you've been hurt, you've been rejected, you've been offended. But you know what? If people want to try and hurt me and reject me and offend me, you know, I'm at the place in my life I'm saying, well, Lord, that's their, that's their choice. I don't have to let them get in me. Is anybody here? Now, of course, the learning process didn't come overnight. I wish some, somebody said, do you wish you was 21? No, I don't wish I was 21. I just wish I knew at 21 what I know now. But see, it takes time. And so I said, learning to love supernaturally or with the God kind of love or learning to live a life of love is a process. It's a, it doesn't come overnight. It takes time to learn how to put your emotions aside and love a person who's done you wrong. And we've all been done wrong, have we not? Maybe we've wronged somebody else. No, not you. You didn't wrong anybody, did you? Ask Pastor Sharon, I've never done anything wrong in our marriage. <laughs> Just ask her. She'll tell you the truth. <laughs> She'll say, yes, he has. You know, I've not cheated or anything like that, you know, not going out on her. But, you know, the thing of it is, I've made mistakes. And we talked about them here last week. I believe it was last week. I, I apologized to her and told her some of the things that I was ignorant and uninformed that I should have not have done because I... I thought ministry should should do that, but you know, the Bible says in John thirteen thirty five, you love your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And isn't that big? See, when, when we can overcome offense and we can overcome hurt, uh, the world will see, hey, they got it together. They're, they're doing different than we are. See, the world says you love me and you do me good and I'll do you good. If you don't do me good, I'm going to treat you the way you treat me. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says to treat people the way you want to be treated. But many people can't do that because they don't know how to live the life of love. You know, let me just uh, say this. I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm incapable. I'm incapable of loving someone who did me wrong and hurt me with my fleshly emotions. Somebody said, now that's not what you just said a minute ago. Well, let me finish before you get all stirred up here. <laughs> I'm not capable in my fleshly human emotions just to let it go and to get over it. However, I can learn to love through God's love. And when I learn to love through God's love, then I can know how to handle myself when wrong is done to me or my family. Amen? And so that's the whole deal that's, that I'm talking about today is learning. You know, let me give you the story here a little bit. Most all of you have heard it, but you've not heard this part of the story. When our son was killed in our church that I pastored, we pastored in Chattanooga, Tennessee, um, it, was a, it was a very, very difficult time for both of us. And she was busy that day, and so was I. And um, um, 
you know, you've heard the story of how we were going to go do a big meeting downtown. And so this, our son, Jeffrey, who was 15, said, Dad, can, can I uh, go and see what it takes to get the, you know, back in those days they put cables in the, in the platform and you plugged the cord in and then there was a big long cord that would run to the PA system. It was big and it had all those different cords in it. He said, Dad, can I go under the platform and see what it's going to take to get the snake out? Well, uh, I said yes. And then, of course, when he got under there, there was a problem with our electorate. And uh, he touched the duck uh, and he was electrocuted. Now, where I'm going with this story is, you've heard that part. But there was a gentleman in our church and actually was on our board and he owned his own electric company, a huge electric company, very prosperous, and uh, he knew the problem was there. He knew we had the potential problem. The air conditions weren't grounded, and so what that means is if the problem happens to one of the air conditions, it doesn't kick the breaker. It puts the power on the ductwork. Well, my son just happened to go up and under the platform and the ductwork from that particular air condition was broke, and it didn't kick the breaker, but it put all the power on the duct. Well, I didn't know this uh, potential harm or someone could get hurt. Now, this gentleman knew this because he did, a lot, did, did our work. He never told me, and so after the death, then... Um, he told me about it, and then he repaired it. Well, you know, this was tough for me to look him in the eyes and, and get through this. It was tough for her because here he knew, and, but he thought, well, no, nothing's ever going to happen. I mean, he's a good man, so don't, don't, don't anybody think I'm, you know, and he's in heaven now, and, 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 and I wouldn't tell this story before he went because I didn't ever want to hurt him in any way, but, um, uh, you know, he, um, um, he could have fixed that, and it wouldn't, and he fixed it after. He fixed it, he fixed the problem after. And he came to me and he said, well, Pastor, I just never thought anybody would, anything would ever happen or anybody would ever get hurt or I would have done this. Well, you know, taking a, our child or someone else's person, you know, or an adult could have got killed. Well, this wasn't easy. And, uh, you know, we could have sued his company and, uh, and our, 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 um, our attorney and most all of my friends was saying, go ahead and sue him because it's not him that's going to pay the bill. It's his insurance company. And, you know, we could have got millions of dollars. Well, during the process, uh, during the process, his wife came to us and she said, I'd really appreciate it if you didn't sue us. She said, I know we won't be out a penny. She said, we won't be out a penny, and I know the money you'll get, you'll get from the insurance company, and we won't have to pay. But she said, I just don't think I can go through this. Well, you know, that wasn't easy either. I was, we were the one that lost a child, not them. And I'm not criticizing them. I'm just trying to give you a story and show you how 
that there's things that you have to you encounter that you've never had to encounter before and you're going to have things that you're going to never encountered before that you and that's why I'm preaching like I'm preaching that's why I'm talking about love from God's word is because when you encounter something instead of acting the wrong way you want to act the way God would want you to act well that that really was tough for me to have to deal with this and um, and, and and I'll say this um, you know, the money would not have sufficed for the loss of our son if we got the money. That, that would not have su- sufficed and neither would it brought him back. Um, so anyway, I thought about it and so I went to her and I said, well, you know, I, I prayed about this and, and I don't want to offend you so we're not going to, to, to sue your company. We could have had millions of dollars and, and that would have been nice and I don't think the millions of dollars would have ruined us but uh, I think it would have been good but at the same time I chose not to do that. It wasn't easy. So they stayed in the church and and uh, they supported the church. We, we got we, we we got over it. We got through it. I loved them. We would go to their home and eat. They'd come to ours and eat. We'd go out to eat. And he stayed on the board at the church. And, uh, you know, it was not an easy thing. And I can talk about it today because I wouldn't embarrass him or hurt him because he's in heaven and his wife's in heaven too now. But you see, there's things that we all go through that is different than the other. You know, you've heard me talk about Tiki Fennelson, who is a, a, a lady friend of ours, and and um, you've heard me tell the story of how, uh, you know, I knew her when she was a child, and um, her son and my son that was killed and her, they were sweethearts when he was killed. And uh, anyway, and she still goes and puts flowers on our son's grave, and she had two boys, and when she got married, she had two boys, and I dedicated both of those boys. But, you know, just five or six years ago, a lady was intoxicated and, and hit her son and killed him instantly. And, and it, was a, it was an awful thing to happen. Well, you know, God dealt with Tiki because, she, you know, she was just an awesome, she's just an awesome woman. And um, um, she prayed, and one day God you know, the trial went on, and of course she wanted her to go to prison, and that's, that's kind of natural emotion when you go through that. And so she did, she went to prison, but as she got to praying, she said, the Lord told me to go to the prison to visit her and tell her I forgive her. And, you know, finally she did, and the woman said, how can you forgive me for what I've done? And she said, well, it's not easy, but God's given me his love, and I'm, I'm forgiving you through his love. Well, you know, in time, she got dismissed from prison, or she got out of prison, and she was on parole. And guess what? They became friends. They go shopping together. And now they do ministry together. Are you listening to me? Now she didn't have to go that far. Forgiveness doesn't require that she did what she did. But she was so touched because the woman got saved, baptized in the Holy Ghost. And just in the month of March, Tiki was on the front cover. I believe it was on Believer's Voice of 
Victor B, uh, magazine, and then she was on the K Kenneth Copeland program giving her testimony. She's been here at the church giving her testimony, and I'm going to have her back on. We've had her on a couple of times uh, on the um, on the broadcast. So, you know, it wasn't easy for her to do that, but uh, she desired God's will in her life. And to live her life not being bitter. She still got another son. But, but again, she, she didn't want to be bitter the rest of her life. She wanted the rest of her life to be the best of her life. And of course, we counseled her and talked to her a lot through this. Even though we were here and there in Tennessee, we would talk to her a lot. She got a wonderful husband and, and, and they got a great ministry. And, and she does a lot of speaking. And, and uh, it's amazing how how God is using her because she's not bitter. See, you have to desire to live a life of love and do what the Bible says when offenses comes and your emotions are screaming and saying, you can't do this. See, that's what happened to me with my emotions when I found out that this gentleman knew the potential problem and that our, our son's life could be saved. My emotions would say, and you know, Tell him to get out of here, you know. Tell him to go as far away you can't see him and sue the dickens out of him, you know. But that's not what God said. Well, thank you for your overwhelming support here this morning. It would have been all right if I had have sued them, I think. But again, you know, I had rather... I had rather not create an enemy or bring an offense. And you know what? God's always supplied our need. Yes. Yes. So don't ever look at me and say, look what they got. One one. No, God supplies our need because we're tithers and we're givers. And if you're not tithers and givers, you're always going to be struggling one way or the other. Uh, and people that watch us all the time, you know, a lot of them, they're not tithers and givers. I love you. God loves you. But you're just keeping the blessings of God. You say, well, I have so little to tithe from. Well, if you really love God. See, tithing is not a money issue. It's a heart issue. So it's not, if you got a lot of money. You know, a guy came to our church one time. And when, when they came, they both drew, drove them little Hondas. I think there's two cylinders or I don't know. They just, they was really poor. And, but anyway, God he got to listening to the teaching that I was teaching about, about prosperity and how you can be, do more. And so God helped him to buy a business. He didn't have the money, but the business he bought had never had more than $500,000 worth of business in a year. But his first year after he bought it, it did $2 million in business. Well, it did more than $2 million because his first contract was a $2 million contract. And he did more than that. And, you know, he was tithing, and he come to me one time, and he called me pasture. He didn't call me pastor. He called me pasture. <laughs> and he said, pasture, you know, when I was making a little money and our business was first getting started, it wasn't hard to tithe. But he said, now that we're doing millions, it's really hard to tithe. I said, okay, I'll pray that your business will decrease then. And that you'll just have little to tithe on. He said, no, 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 pasture. Pasture, don't do that. I said, well, think about it before you open your mouth again. Yes. He wanted the money, but he didn't want to give it to God. Uh-oh. 
Anybody here? <laughs> See, one of the best things you can do is read the scriptures over and over again. And here's a good one to read over and over again. And that's James 1.22. Do not deceive yourself by just listening to his word. Instead, put it into practice. I think I can just stop right there. If I, if I didn't say another word today, I know my time's getting close anyway, but uh, I could stop right there and see that's what the Word of God is for, not just for us to you come and hear a preacher or read the Bible or read a book or hear somebody, but it's to practice, do it. And that's what I said in the beginning. If you hear what I say and, and you'll take part of, it just a part and say, Lord, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to be better. I'm going to be better at this particular, especially in your area of weakness where you're the weakest. Yes. Is anybody here? Yes. See, you can, ignore, you can ignore God's word, and many people do. Um, you can ignore God's word, and many people do. They choose to blame why things happen. They choose to hold on to an offense and justify why they can't love. Even though they know the right thing to do. So, it, when you know to do and you don't do, the Bible says it's a sin. I'm going to do that one more time. I'm going to run that one through one more time, okay? The Bible tells us if you know to do good and you don't, it's a sin. I think that bears running through one more time. When you know to do good and you don't do it, it is a sin. And that's not Don Clowers, that's the Bible. Now let me read a scripture that I read last week. Because you need to be reminded of what Jesus said in Luke 1, 17, 1. He said to his disciples, it's impossible that no offense should come. It's impossible that no offense should come. And then in the, 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 the New Passion Testament said one day Jesus taught his disciples this. Betrayal is inevitable. Well, I tell you, I remember when I was betrayed by a minister one time. Wow, we, I was young. I was betrayed. And boy, it wasn't easy. It was not easy. But you know what? God helped me through this. It took some work. I didn't act right at first. I didn't do right at first. I was angry. I was bitter. But you know what? I was the one going down, 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 down. And when I decided that the betrayal wasn't going to control my life, God's word was going to control my life. And I forgave him. Things begin to change. Increase begin to come. Doors begin to open, and bigger and better doors that I'd ever seen in my whole life begin to open because I let no longer let my emotions and memory and pain of the betrayal, I went on and loved God. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? Now, he said it's impossible that no offense should come and that betrayals, betrayals are inevitable. However... What this was is a warning. He didn't say you had to take them inside you. Amen. 
he said, I'm warning you, they're going to come. Because yes. people act like the devil wants them to act. Now, he didn't say that, but, <laughs> but that's a good way to describe it. And he said, he said, this is a warning, be prepared, and don't let the, he didn't say that, but he was warning, don't let the offense inside you. He said, they're going to come, but you can choose to whether you're going to be offended or not. You know, I got a friend, his name's Dave Butterball. Dave Butterball used to be our worship leader, and, and uh, uh, he goes to another church now, but we, uh, we're friends. We have coffee from time to time and sit down and just share. And, and I, years ago, um, I heard him say, I choose not to be offended. Well, you know, I, I listened to that, and, and, and I thought, well, Dave, that's good. But, you know, the offense comes. Well, you know, I am that same way. I'm learning how, when offense comes, not to be offended. And that's what Jesus was saying. See, you can rehearse over and over again what someone has done to you and give excuses why you have the right to hold on to the offense. But just remember, excuseless, excuses only satisfy those who give them. It doesn't fix the problem. It just gives you a reason to excuse. Now, let me give you one more little incident before I bring this to a close. Um, a few years ago, and this is, this is something that, you know, you know, it's not easy to parent. It's not easy to, to be a parent. You know, some, some people have children with autism or they have other uh, limitations and to be a parent and have other children too you know it's not easy or you have children that's okay and 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 you know they go crazy uh, they do crazy stuff you know it's not easy to be a parent so uh, and you know there's some kids that just seems to go through life and they just never did get into trouble and they never did go crazy and they just did the right things and the parents are just happy, 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 happy because, uh, and, and then they look at the ones that's crazy and they say, well, what did the parents do wrong? It doesn't mean that the parents does anything wrong. You know, the Bible says train them in the way they should go and they will not depart from it. I know ours went crazy. Ours went crazy for about 12 years, and, and uh, was, you, you know, Tim was out there. Man, he, Tim was really out there. Tim didn't like me at all, uh, but you heard Tim here and there. I mean, we're the best of friends, and, and you know, he takes advice from me. And, <clears throat> and you know, uh, uh, when Tim was on drugs, he didn't like me, and was on alcohol, he didn't like me, and, and he manipulated me, and when he wanted money, he loved me, and when he got the money, he didn't care about me anymore, you know? And finally, I got to the place of smart enough that, uh, uh, hey, <clears throat> I'm not going to bait, I'm not going to bait, bait and, and supply you manipulating me. And, uh, except one more time, he got me. And... Um, <laughs> He said, Dad, my cars did this, that, and the other, and he, and he had, had numbers of cars that I'd gotten him, and we won't get into all of that. But <clears throat> he said, uh, Dad, he said, help me get this car. He said, my credit's bad, and you'll have to sign for me. I said, well, you'll have, you'll have, if you miss, you're going to make my credit bad. Well, you know, long story short, Tim got into it, 
And, um, you know, it wasn't long, just missing payments. And I'd call him, oh, no, Dad, I, 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 I'll get it, I'll get it. Well, another 10 days would go by, so I'd have to make the payment. And uh, so when we moved to Dallas, <clears throat> you know, we tried to buy a house, and we couldn't buy a house because we found out our credit was bad because of that car situation. And you know what sometimes I would do? I'd sneak and pay two payments ahead so that he would, if he was late, um, uh, if, if it was late, then it didn't matter because I'd already paid the two payments ahead. But you know what? That little sneaker, uh, <laughs> he found out I paid two payments ahead, and I didn't know he found out. <laughs> and so one day I got a call from the bank saying, you're behind. And I said, how could I be behind? I paid two ahead. And they said, well, your son found out. I said, who told him? Anyway, long story short, uh, <clears throat> one day God saved him. One day God delivered him. And, and now he is just an honorable man. And I thank God for him. But it wasn't easy parenting him and David. And as I said, Tammy wasn't a perfect angel either. I don't mention her too much. But, but uh, I just don't get into hers, you know, as much as I do the boys because the boys were really, you know, they were really out there. But thank God, God brought them both back and David's in the control room, an honorable man, a godly man. And I'm just so grateful for the 11 years that they were out there, that God spared their life and we loved them unconditionally. But, but this story I wanted to tell you, and this one is a little more difficult. And so no one think I'm throwing any stones about what I'm going to say. Um, this was a friend of mine that had called me and, and he said, I know you're going to be in town. We're both going to be part of a conference. Uh, and they lived in that town. And they said, I have something I want to talk to you about when you get here. And I said, well, okay. And so a couple of days went by and he hadn't mentioned anything and so I thought well it's up to him I'm not going to bring it up and so the next day um, between services he said uh, would you like to go and see our, our home and uh, I said well of course so uh, we got in the car with them and I rode in the, we rode in the back and we went to their home and they had children and Several of them were adult children, and they was taking us through each one of them's room except one. And they didn't take us through the one room, and so we got back in the car, and we started back to the hotel. And as we were riding, I just put my hand on his shoulder, and I said, I know why you didn't show me uh, your, your other child's room. And he said, you do? I said, yeah. I said, this is what you've been wanting to talk to me about, but you, you're ashamed. You're ashamed to talk to me about this. And I said, if this was an adulterous situation only, uh, you, would, you would not be ashamed to talk to me about this child in an adulterous situation. I said, but since your child has chosen a gay lifestyle, you're ashamed to tell me that one of your children has chosen that kind of a lifestyle. And he said, how did you know? I said, I've known for some time, because I've, I've known the children some, since birth, uh, uh, almost since birth. And so anyway, uh, I put my hand on his shoulder and I said, you don't have to be ashamed. 
I said, that's their choice they're making. I said, you don't have to be ashamed. I said, sin is sin. I said, adultery is sin. Uh, living a gay lifestyle is a sin. I said, in your eyes, one is worse than the other. But in God's eyes, sin is sin. Now, somebody not, not like what I'm saying. You might not like what I'm saying. But again, you're not, you didn't write the Bible. Neither did I write the Bible. So, you know, we want to categorize sin. But sin is missing the mark. And I reached up and I put both hands on, on both shoulders and I said, somehow you've got to get rid of this shame and realize that God loves that child just as much as he loves the other ones. And you make sure you love this child as much as you love the other one and don't cut them off and don't cut them out of your life. Well, he began to cry, and, and he began to heave. He cried so hard, and he had to pull off of the side of the road because, uh, and, and his wife said, we've not been able to cry. And now that this is, we're, we're telling somebody. I said, you didn't tell me. <laughs> I said, I pulled it out of you. I said, you have to deal with this in yourself before you can deal with it with your child. I said, you can't deal with your child because if you do, you're going to deal with it emotionally and you're going to lose the relationship with your child. See, what, what most Christians don't understand is we love people and hate sin. But many people hate people and the sin. And this is why there's such a divide there is today is because people don't know how. Somebody said, well, I ain't going to let that happen in my family. Well, you can't stop it. People have choices. And you know what? Uh, I, 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 I counseled with this person for a long time, and I wasn't able to, to help this person at all. And, uh, but I counsel with them a lot. And you know what? God brought them to a place. I said, you don't have to obey and support the lifestyle. But please don't cut them out of your life. If you cut them out of your life, you let them know you don't agree with the lifestyle they're choosing. Neither would you agree with a, 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 an adulterous lifestyle. If you wouldn't agree with them, don't separate them and say, well, this one's worse than that one. No, no, no. In, in people's minds, things are worse because uh, a gay lifestyle is not normal because God created Adam and Eve. He, he created a man and a woman so they could be reproductive. Two, two of the same sex cannot reproduce. So what we've done in life uh, is, is said, I'm just going to do away but you can't do away. That's not God's love. God didn't do away with a person that has a gay lifestyle. God still loves them. Anybody here? So, so what I'm saying is, uh, God will help you. And you know, God, it took some time for them working through this. And, and I said, you've got to set boundaries. You've got to set guidelines. And you've got to do this. And you've got to do it. And the same way with Tim. I had to set boundaries with Tim. Because, you know, Tim would take advantage of my goodness when he was in sin. Uh, he, he wouldn't dare take advantage of my goodness now. I want to do more for him now than I'm... Uh, capable of doing at the moment because because of the life he lives 
uh, and, and all of the anguish that he caused his mother in me. And David, uh, David was different, you know. David just did his stuff and went on, you know. David didn't, David would come to church sometimes as white as a sheet, you know, sometimes half stone, but he would, uh, you know, he'd be, he'd be good, you know. Where Tim, you know, he just was, he just was out there, you know. But anyway, both of them came back. Both of them are men of God. And then this friend of mine, they got this thing worked through. Can you say amen? amen. And, and God has helped them. And so what I'm saying is we got to learn to love like God loves. Is anybody understanding what I'm saying here today? You know, uh, uh, if, if we can learn this, and, and I'm going to uh, go ahead, Rosa, and come on up here. Um, uh, and I want to go back to saying that parenting is not easy because I had just maybe two weeks ago, maybe just three weeks ago, I had a parent to call me and said, we just caught one of our children smoking pot and they're devastated. You know, that's not good, good news. But I counsel this parent and, and then, you know, Tim and I have had conversations before of the past. And I said, Tim, I probably didn't do everything right with you and David. And, and, and I, probably, I probably missed the mark with you all a lot. But it was my first encounter. It was my first go-around parenting, having to deal with stuff I'd never had to deal but with before. I'd seen it happen with others and, and, you know, somebody said, well, a minister's parent, a, a minister's child is gay. Well, why, why would it be any different? Somebody said, well, no, no, the devil is the devil. Whether it's adulterous, whether it's gay, whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, whether it's murder, whatever it is, the devil will get in anywhere a door is open. And when that door is open and it gets in there, that's where you and I, oh, Rabbi, Kosoto, Rabbi, Teseya, Bakataya, Daraboho, Sototo, that's where Ura Menenderaboho, Satapaka, Patata, Rebedaba, Satata, that's where we've got to realize God is God. God loves us. God loves people that do wrong things. And when we can love through God's love instead of being judgmental, doesn't mean we condone the sin. It doesn't mean we agree with the sin it doesn't mean we're going to supply and help them commit the sin but what it means is we need to press more into the presence of God so we can make the right decision and do the right thing see one day this life is going to be over one day life is going to be over I'm going to stop here because I'm, I'm way over time already but I'm telling you, this is getting a hold of me. This, this series is getting a hold of me. And I want it to make me a better me. Everybody say, I want to be a better me. I want to be a better me. And see, if you can learn. If you can learn. See, I know families that will just shut the door. Because of a, 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 a child or a cousin or aunt or an uncle, niece or a nephew choose a, a, a lifestyle that's wrong and they'll close the door and shut them out and say I don't want nothing else to do with you you know Adam and Eve God had to 
take them away from the Garden of Eden. But he loved them and he put some clothes on them. He put some clothes on them. He loved them. He didn't, even though he, you know, they had to go out of the garden. God didn't disown them. In the sense, he gave Jesus, right there, he said, plan number two. Jesus is going to come. And Jesus' foot is going to stand on the head of the devil. And restoration is going to come even though you've sinned. I got plan number two that I'm going to put into action. It's not going to happen right now, but it will happen. And there will be sacrifices until, and then we see uh, when Jesus came, Jesus healed bruised the head of Satan and he came out with the keys of death, hell and the gate. And he gave you and me the keys to the kingdom of God. My friends, my friends, we must, we must be the lights. We must be the example in this world. We must not run around blaming and holding grudges and being judgmental. You say, you, you sound like you're just one of them modern preachers that say, I do not. I am just telling you that sin is sin and God loves people and he hates sin. Just like I hate sin, but I love people. Doesn't mean I make certain people my best buddies. Amen. But I'm certainly not going to insult someone just because of a sin. I'm going to do my best to show them love. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your goodness, for your love, for your mercy. And I pray, Holy Spirit, today that as I have done my best to speak your words and you've anointed me and to say the things that you wanted me to say, I pray those that's under the sound of my voice If they're struggling somewhere with something that's happened in their life and they're not able to love, that they'll see what you did on the cross. They'll see what you gave up, what you did. And Lord, that none of us we know are perfect and never will be as long as we're on this earth in this natural body. But Lord, you will help us to get better and better amen and amen help that one that's struggling you know somebody somewhere today a parent may come a child may come in and tell the parent or they may find out that they've been using drugs or that they've just indulged and decided they're going to live the gay lifestyle or they got somebody pregnant or whatever but you know what God can give you the strength it's going to happen somewhere today it's going to happen somewhere today happens every day happens every day so whatever you may be struggling with why struggle why struggle 
when you can let God mend a broken heart and God can help you. You know, I'm going to tell on Linda a little bit here. And uh, a number of years ago, they were betrayed. And, um, you know, th th this was terrible, the way they were betrayed. By a pastor. By a pastor, they were betrayed. And Pastor Al read this little article. And it helped him start loving with God's love. And I'm going to tell on you. Can I tell on you? And so he wanted to read this article to her, and she said, I'm not ready. <laughs> he betrayed us. We loved them, and we did this, and we did that, and, and, and they betrayed us. I would lay it on the table hoping she'd read it. He'd put it over there. Everywhere she turned, she'd see it, but she wouldn't read it. He'd start following her around, reading her the track. <laughs> I can see this. I can see her probably saying, why don't you get out of my face? But you know this, she's a very sweet, precious, darling woman. Very godly woman. And you're blessed to have her. Really blessed to have her. But one day, I guess he read the track so much about overcoming betrayal that she finally decided God you help me get through this betrayal they're just people didn't matter that they were pastors and ministers they were betrayed they trusted someone they loved someone they gave but someone totally turned the table and pushed them aside not only they rejected and betrayed but you know what today they're at peace this happened years ago it happened years ago so I don't want to say it's some reason it happened years ago and Linda was not, Al wasn't better than Linda because he could do it a little quicker than she did. It's two different temperaments. It's two different personalities. And that's, that, that could be, I'm, I could be talking in that situation to someone right now where there's a personality that just said, it hurts too much, it hurts too much, it hurts too much. It hurts too much. Well, you got to remember, see, the, the thing that helps me is always go back to the cross. And I have to remember how much it hurt Jesus. And when I, I see how much it hurt Jesus, then that helps me. Father, I pray over all these requests. This box is getting heavier, harder to pick up. For all the people that have written in in different parts of the world sent emails some of these are about their children 
Some of these are about alcoholics and drug addicts and people losing their homes and people that have lost their jobs and people that's been betrayed. They have children incarcerated or a family member incarcerated where they're hurting today. I ask you, Jesus, to heal them right where they hurt. Heal them, Jesus, right where they hurt. People that are viewing right now that you may have gone through something that I have talked about, Lord, let healing begin today. If someone's been betrayed and had a hard time letting go of the betrayal, let the love of God swell up on the inside and begin to come through the emotions and realize I'm not going to hold on to this any longer. I'm going to hold on to the goodness of God. Amen. Did anybody get touched today? Did anybody get touched today? I tell you, the Lord is, the Lord, I, I need to tell you the, I got my phone there too with the time on it and, and looking at that. But our world needs the message I just preached today. Because we all, we all suffer. We all get done wrong sometimes, whether it's work or wherever it may be. But Jesus said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Does anybody need special prayer? Just stand up. If anybody needs special prayer, anybody in the room, you need special prayer? Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Just stand up if you do. If you want me to pray specially for you, just stand up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just pray for these that are standing here in the room. You know why they're standing and you know what their needs are. And may the Holy Spirit begin to melt their place of hurt their place of need that the Holy Spirit comes in like a flood and lifts up a standard against what they need today let them not walk out of this room without a touch from you and Jesus you said as many as were touched were made whole in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. Let Jesus flood through you right now and whatever you're asking prayer for and dealing with, God, give them revelation. Give them revelation to make them a better person in handling what's going on. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I sense his presence. I sense his presence. 
sense his presence. You know, uh, I'm trying my best to close. But I look back in my life and how I handle things and let my emotions get involved with the decision. And maybe a, a relationship was not the same. But I hope, I hope I've grown through that. That I don't remember the pain of the break. I remember the good times. I remember the good times. And when something's brought up to me and somebody says something, that's what I always do is go back to the good times. Because if I can go back to the good times, because God's helped me and I respond totally different than I used to respond because I can't control another person's decisions and actions, but I can control mine. So, will you grow? I've grown in knowing how to treat my wife. I don't think I ever treated her badly. I explained last week and had her up here and some things where I was out of town when I should have been home, out preaching. But I learned better and better how to treat her as we have grown more in age and love. And she's a godly woman, prays and seeks God with me, and I'm grateful. And we both have grown to handle situations. Uh, we had dinner with someone this week that used to be a part of us. And it was wonderful. It was wonderful. They didn't do anything wrong. They just wanted to change. They didn't do anything wrong. They just wanted to change. And it was wonderful. And we got a text and it said, I enjoyed this dinner so much. I enjoyed this dinner. You know, that's, that's where I am right now. Places maybe where I might have missed the mark in a relationship. If I can fix it, I'm doing my best to fix it. If I did or didn't any wrong, one way or the other, makes no difference which side it was on. I'm doing my best to fix anything I can fix because I want to stand before the Lord and Him to say to me, well done, well done. And we're gonna, I'm gonna ask Rosa to sing a song for me. And when I say for me, it's for you too, but we can join in on the chorus. But we're going to, uh, we're going to receive our tithes and offerings. And, and Lamont, if you're watching, I appreciate you. Lamont Rich, how many remember Lamont Rich? He used to be our worship leader. He was watching Tuesday night and sent us an offering went to the website and sent us an offering. Sweet, precious man, great worship leader. And uh, if you're watching today, Lamont, thank you not 
just because you gave to our ministry, but thank you for who you are and for how you love the Lord and how you minister. And uh, he didn't have to sow into our ministry, but was watching and sent an offering in. Another gentleman that used to play the bass here was watching and uh, he doesn't go here anymore but he sent an offering in he was watching Tuesday night <laughs> you know what you do the right thing and God will help people do the right thing for you thank you Jesus Spirit of the Lord is so strong right now. Come on and worship Him. Worship Him right now. You that are watching, worship Him right now. The anointing is it, it, it's stronger and stronger and stronger. Let, let the anointing flow through you. But this is why we come to church. This is why we come into the house of God. It's for His presence, His presence to become strong. His anointing to burn out things that we need burn out of us. To when we become more like Him. Every chain is breaking. Every yoke is breaking. You in the internet, stay with us. Don't don't leave. Stay with us. Something's happening. Something's happening. Something's happening in the spirit. Thank you, Lord. Come on, come on, come on, come on. The spirit, the spirit of the spirit of love is here. The spirit of love is here. The spirit of peace is here. The spirit of deliverance is here. The power of deliverance to destroy the yokes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, we're going to, I'm not stopping the anointing. Because when you receive an offering, the anointing should be just as strong in the anointing and tithes as it is in the preaching. I told you last week, this is, remember I told you this is Mission Sunday. So you that's watching, help us with our missions. I mean, we're doing this stuff that you don't even know. I mean, we're feeding kids. We're educating kids we're teaching them the word we're helping a bible school we're we're helping a a gentleman in the ukraine that's leading thousands to the lord he goes into the high schools and preaches which not prepare you can go in a former communist country and preach in a high school and give out bibles and you can't do it in america so we're helping him with bibles and things and he goes into places and that's just you know, and I preached in those countries and that communist spirit, it's, it's just, 
I can't even tell you what it's like. Many of the people are still bound even though they go to church. They're still bound. But we're helping him and the others. And so you do your part. And then there's, we had to get a new keyboard, new speaker. And Ernie been telling me, not me, but he'd been telling somebody for a year, I got drums that don't work. <laughs> he sounded good this morning on the new drums, didn't he? So this is $4,099, and we hadn't paid for it yet. So anybody that's watching that wants to get in on that, and Rosa's doing a good job on this new keyboard. Not that she didn't own the other one. The other one had keys stuck, and it just... It was old, it was 15 years old. So we had to have a new one. And, and so we went ahead and got it and just believing that you're gonna be faithful and that somebody's gonna pay it off and uh, where we don't have to carry the note on it. Because I just believe God wants us to pay it off, amen. So if you wanna put a thousand or 500 or $30 or $10 or whatever, do your part. And uh, bring the offering containers down here, put up the website where they'll know where to give. And when you see that little thing on the right where it's give, when you go to eoglobal.church, that's one of the little apps that you'll see there you click on. So don't think that's what you're gonna see exactly when you pull up the website. That's just going to be there. You that's not computer savvy, that's going to be there and that's what you click on to give your offering or your tithe if you don't have a church. So as, as they come, Rose, I want you to sing uh, the power of his love.
wow, 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 wow. I don't know about you, but I feel like I've been to church today. I feel like I've been to church today. And I know I have helped you over time. But I hope it was worth the few minutes over. I hope it was worth it even on the... It, it takes up more of our time on the internet and uses up our minutes because they only allow us so much a month. But with all the different apps on, it just, it's just sucking those minutes. But you know what? God's going to supply the need. I feel like I've been to church today. And I know I have helped you over time. But I hope it was worth the few minutes over. I hope it was worth it even on the, it, it takes up more of our time on the internet and uses up our minutes because they only allow us so much a month. But with all the different apps on, it just, it's just sucking those minutes. But you know what? God's going to supply the need for all of that. Amen. People in the internet getting blasted. And so God's just God. Go love somebody. Bless you in the internet.